You're listening to The Loop, an audio series about the mud, microbes, and mammals in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm David Levin. When a huge disaster like an oil spill strikes, we hear a lot about the price tag. Like what it will cost to clean up, or how much income people lose when fishing grounds close. But there are other less tangible costs. The loss of wetlands, for instance, which can block storm surges. Or the loss of wildlife that would otherwise keep an ecosystem running. Those sorts of things are called ecosystem services, and it's pretty hard to put a value on them. But that's exactly what David Yoskowitz is doing. He's an economist at the Hart Research Institute in Corpus Christi, Texas. He says that when it comes to the environment, the idea of value isn't just about money. In this episode, he talks about his work, how it could change policy, and how it might affect the way we respond to oil spills in the future. Stay tuned. So let's start off with a big question. Um, how do you start to define an ecosystem service? Like, wh- what is it? Uh, so really, the, the easiest way to think about ecosystem services are just the benefits that we humans receive from our natural environment. And it's as simple as that. You know, going to the beach and then enjoying a sunset. I mean, that is an ecosystem service as well as, you know, the, the fresh water that, that we receive and are able to drink and use to bathe and, and we use in our industry, um, as well as the uh, storm protection values of marshes and mangroves. So, so all those benefits really define what ecosystem services are. People understand benefits, you know, ecosystem services, eh, not so much. <laughs> So, but, but as an economist, though, I mean, how do you start to measure its value? That, that seems like a pretty slippery thing, right? Ah, value, yes. Well, that is the, uh, that is the um, big question to, to be able to answer. Um, when we try to measure value in monetary terms, you know, yen or dollars or pounds or euros, um, it's a really difficult thing to do. I mean, what we really want to start out with is just demonstrating the workings of the natural environment and how those directly impact people. So we might start with a simple assessment of, you know, the functioning of an oyster reef as it removes nutrients that helps clear up the water, which makes your boating and fishing experience much greater. That might be enough. That story there might be enough for people to understand the value of a particular, you know, environmental asset. But if you're not giving it a monetary value, how do you quantify it? How do you tease out what that value is? You know, what we do is we we apply a very scientific approach and, you know, we poll individuals like you would poll individuals before an election, right? It's very Mm -hmm. scientific. And we are asking people to make trade-offs between, you know, their hard-earned cash, which they can hold on to, or they can choose to protect marsh, mangroves, and oyster reefs and pay to protect them. And what that demonstrates is when they're willing to separate themselves from their hard-earned dollars, we begin to pick up that that value that those individuals have. And now we're able to do it in a monetary sense. For example, we just did a study in um, in greater Galveston, Houston, Galveston Bay region, where we surveyed individuals about protecting coastal freshwater wetlands as a result of sea level rise, changing those wetlands. 
And what we found was that households in that region were willing to pay over $300 a year to protect the wetlands because of the benefits that they enjoyed for those wetlands. I mean, it sort of sounds like you're just trying to understand people's thought process in general. Well, so I'm interested in, in how people make decisions and why they make decisions. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's, it's interesting, economics has, has really, especially in the type of work that we do, has, has really brought in a lot of um, psychology and, and behavioral sciences over the years. And, and it's because, you know, we as humans have to make trade-offs. I mean, we have to decide how, you know, we're going to um, enjoy a meal tonight. Are we going to cook at home? Are we going to go out to dinner? You know, that's governed in part by, you know, how much we have in our checking account. We have to make a decision. Are we going on a vacation this year? Are we staying home and working? I mean, all these are decisions and they link back to the scarce resources that we have. If there was unlimited amounts of marsh, you know, or seagrass or oyster beds or, you know, unspoiled um, bottom of the Gulf of Mexico, we wouldn't have to worry about if there's a spill, what's going to happen. You know, if it just all of a sudden, in, in, you know, like in some movie, just, okay, it died and reappeared instantly, we wouldn't have to worry about that. But that's not the way the natural world works. So we have to make decisions about, you know, what we're going to protect and, and how we're going to protect it or enhance it and where we want to, you know, spend, we as humans, our time and our money can you give me an example, though? I mean, how could that info be used to protect a natural resource or you know, respond to something like an oil spill or a hurricane? Yeah, so I, really at the end of the day then is, is to make management decisions because a lot of what we're talking about in, in our coastal environment and in our offshore environment are, are really public goods. And so when we make our management decisions um, on those public goods, what we want to account for are all the costs that come with those decisions, as well as all the benefits. For example, you know, the Deepwater Horizon oil spill, I mean, that is a man-made event that had tremendous ecological impact um, measured by many, many scientists. But it also had a huge human impact, everything from mental health to jobs lost to uh, families being displaced. And so, you know, understanding that connection between what's happening in our natural environment and how it, you know, how it uh, ends up impacting human um, well-being is, is critically important. So I, there, there's no way that we could connote um, the value of our natural environment without that really tight connection. What's happened over the last couple of decades is a um, refinement of the tools and the techniques that we use to conduct, you know, valuation, whether it be monetary or otherwise. And so as that has gotten better, it has been easier for um, decision makers to take those values into account along with lots of other information. David, thanks again for uh, talking with us. Really appreciate that. Good talking with you, David. David Yaskowitz is an economist at Heart Research Institute, which is part of Texas A&M University. He spoke to us from KEDT Studios in Corpus Christi. Funding for The Loop and for Sea Image is provided by grants from BP and the Gulf of Mexico Research Initiative. The Loop is a production of the University of South Florida.